This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Live on the road. Here's your boy, Q. And here we are, live on the road. As the man with the big voice said, Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness, live from Raiders headquarters in Henderson. That's right, the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. Uh, Just coming off of John Gruden's opening press conference to officially open up 2021 training camp. Very excited about that, your boy Q. And look, I was not expecting to be doing the show from where I'm at right now, but uh, very excited for the opportunity. Uh, As I mentioned, around 1245, John Gruden had an opening press conference. We had about 15, maybe 20 minutes with him. Lots of good stuff you'll hear coming up on today's show. My man, Damon Cotton, he's back in the home studio behind the wheels of steel making everything go we definitely appreciate his efforts this afternoon and uh got a fantastic show for you and uh very excited about it gonna have a couple good guests on the show and and as mentioned you will hear from uh, head coach john gruden throughout the course of the show we'll dip in and dive in between some guests and in between some calls and in between some texts and just uh yeah raider nation it is here it's official training camp i made it we absolutely made it throughout the course of The Super Bowl being won by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers over Kansas City throughout free agency, throughout the draft, throughout the dead period, to where we are right now on July 27th, 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and training camp is official. Had to come in here earlier today and uh, go through all the little protocols, do the little COVID testing, get your you know little tracer put on your arm, and I mean just everything. That's when you know that it's absolutely real. You sit around the the media's the media room, and I wasn't not, not here last year. I was not uh, in in Las Vegas. I was in Central Texas, so I don't know everything that happened. But I know it was nice to see a lot of media members in the same room together, and I know that that wasn't something that happened last year. So man, this is just. Uh, a lot of fun being able to experience this and being able to experience what is as close to normal as possible for right now. Are we where we need to be? Nah, not at all. But just to know that it feels like starting to turn the corner. Something that head coach John Gruden mentioned as soon as he uh, opened up the press conference. Hey, it's nice to see you guys in person. It's nice to not have to do a, a Zoom uh, presser, you know, able to be able to just talk to everyone uh, in person. I thought that that was really, really cool. And so a, a lot of fun, man. And, and just I mentioned it before, living the dream. Um, I, I'm definitely living the dream. And, and hopefully uh, everyone's getting excited about another upcoming season of uh, Raider football. But Zaman, as I mentioned, back in the home studio, how does it feel to know that you finally made it through the offseason and that training camp is official? It's a, it's like a referee's whistle, man. It is here. I'm fired up. <laughs> is that a new character that you just brought to the show, or what are you doing here? I was just trying to match your excitement. You know, I can see that you because you, you're there, your first time there. I was just trying to match your energy, man. Come on, let me. I'm trying to match you. Come on, yeah. You're just trying to read the room, right? You're trying to read the room. You know, because because I'm not gonna lie, like because you know we're listening to the press conference and I'm, I'm cutting up all the sound, and I'm like. I'm like Gruden. I, I, we're not going to know anything until we see until we see some guys with some pads on. So right. I'm like, Let's get to it tomorrow. Well, right. And look, you're not going to learn a whole lot even in the first couple of days of training camp. And you know, there's only a certain amount of select days that you know these guys are in in pads. And what'll really be exciting is when the the Raiders travel to L.A. and they scrimmage against the Rams. I think they learn a lot from scrimmages. I know some people are big fans of teams scrimmaging against other teams, and other fans are like, eh, you know, just go ahead and and uh, you know practice with yourselves. But I think that you learn a lot about a team when they scrimmage against another team because it doesn't matter if it's a scrimmage or a game. The other team doesn't want the other team to look 
look bad or look good against them. You know what I mean? So uh, I think that you learn a lot from that. But uh, just knowing that that instead of you know speculating about well once training camp opens and and well once this guy gets out there and oh I think this defense is going to be better. I mean now we'll start to get a few of the answers. We won't get the whole cheat sheet. We won't get all the answers, but we'll start to get some answers to to the puzzle of what this team, who this team is going to be made up of, and what this team is going to look like heading into 2021. So uh, I think it's an exciting time for football fans in general as uh, training camps across the NFL opened up today. Of course, the Cowboys and the Steelers, they opened up last week. They'll be playing in the Hall of Fame game, and uh, that's you know that's always kicking off the, the, the preseason, so they have an extra preseason game where the rest of the league has three preseason games. But as mentioned, you will hear from head coach John Gruden throughout the course of today's show. Also coming up on today's show, at 2.30, Vic Tafer from The Athletic, he'll join us and uh, just talk about different aspects of the team, what he'll be looking for when he gets into training camp and when he gets into you know to the practice facility and be able to see these guys in training camp. And he just put out a piece on The Athletic about Derek Carr. He had a nice little sit-down one-on-one with them, and Carr was talking about Henry Ruggs, talking about his expectations for the season, talk about uh, some of his, his friends across the league that could potentially wanted him to, to join their team, and he wants to be a Raider, and, and I I know that that, that storyline has been written a little bit as well, but uh, just kind of get Vic Tafer's thoughts on on what he's going to be looking for in particular as uh, as training camp opens up. And this is something that I've been asking a lot of the guests that we've had on the show because everyone is looking at something differently. You know, some people could be focusing on the secondary. Some folks could be paying attention to what the offensive line looks like. Some folks could be paying attention to what Henry Ruggs looks like or someone else in particular. I mean, Derek Carr is always going to be a subject matter, but at the same time, I just feel like there's so many different angles and uh, every media member is different. And so uh, some, sometimes they, they come out and, and go to an event. And this is the cool thing about being a radio guy. Really don't have an agenda, really don't have a story that I have to write. You know what I mean? So I, I really can just kind of kind of peep the scene and sit back in the back of the room and just kind of watch and observe or listen and and then just, you know, take it all in. But sometimes you'll have a media member that'll come out and they'll have, you know, a certain a certain story that they want to write or they're paying attention to Alex Leatherwood and how does the rookie offensive lineman, how is he adapting to the NFL? And so that may be their focus. So that's why I like to pick the brains of different uh, guys that are that are really, uh, really good writers because there's always something specific that they're paying attention to. So we'll talk to Vic Taver coming up at 2.30 about that. 3 o'clock, I'll have cover three NFL news and notes of the day, and there's a lot of NFL news going on, a lot of guys being signed to contracts. There's some guys that are hitting the COVID-19 list. I mean, there's all kinds of things going on across the NFL. I'll do that on the daily uh, at 3 o'clock. And then at 3.30, my guy, and this is a dude that uh, I am very, very familiar with, uh, Steven Simcox. He is the host of uh, Locked On TCU. He's going to join us at 3.30 to talk all things Trayvon Merrick, the second-round draft pick out of TCU. And Steven Simcox is, is my dude. Uh, it's a really, really good guy. Uh, he was a guy that I co-hosted a radio show in Central Texas for or with for a very, very long time. He's very knowledgeable. As I mentioned, he hosts the Locked On TCU show, and he's also a TCU alum. So if there's a guy that would know something about Trayvon Merrick before we can actually see him out there on the field and see what he you know, looks like while he's in action – it's going to be Steven Simcox. So he's going to join us at 3.30. I'll also kind of pick his brain on the Big 12 in general, what's going on with them, with OU and Texas, how they're saying that they're going to leave and head to the SEC. And that's all just about a done deal records right there, even though it's not for a few years. How does that affect the rest of the Big 12, including TCU? And, you know, at some point, uh, I'm sure we'll get to talk to Trayvon Merrick. It's a question I'd like to ask him as well. 
You know, as being a guy that's a TCU alum, and that's not one of the biggest schools in the Big 12. Obviously, the Big 12 is ran by OU and Texas, and then everyone else falls into place. But uh, how does that affect TCU? How does that affect a Baylor? How does that affect, uh, you know, an Iowa State? How does that affect a West Virginia? All those schools. Kansas. Obviously, Kansas is great in basketball, football, not so much. How does that affect the K-State? Questions that I'll ask Stephen because he does have his uh, his finger on the pulse of the Big 12. So uh, those are the guests that we have coming up on the show today. Excited to, to be able to talk to those guys. Again, Vic Tafer at 2.30 and Stephen Simcox, my guy, at 3.30, talking all things Trayvon Merrick. And you know, Damon, and I don't know if you have your run sheet that I left for you in the studio there, but uh, you know every day I like to bring – uh, a question to the show and like to throw something out there for the, the Raider Nation listener line and I always want your feedback and love to get feedback of Raider Nation 702-365-9200 and of course the Salmon Ash text line 69187 keyword R&R uh, make sure you hit up SalmonAsh.com because you deserve what's right and I'll tell you right this I'll challenge Raider Nation today I'm going to put this challenge out there right now I love calls let's not make any mistake about it I love getting calls but I also think texts are cool too I really do like getting texts. I know sometimes it's easier for someone just to shoot a text than it is to even make a call, as we know, because that's kind of how we communicate these days, right? Shoot a text to everybody. Shoot a text to everybody. Instead of when you get a phone call on your phone, you're like, wait, hold on. Who do I owe money to? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who do I owe money to or what scam is this calling me right now? Sometimes it, it throws you off when you get a phone call. But I, I will challenge Raider Nation to hit up the text line. You know, uh, we have a, a, a very frequent texter named Tom. He does a heck of a job. He usually interacts a lot with, uh, with Pritch and Clay in the morning. He does a really good job hitting the text line. He does it early and he does it often. But uh, I, I challenge everyone else to go out there and make sure you use the Sam and Ash text line. Again, 69187. You know what, Q? That's why you're a good guy, man. I'm sorry why? to cut you off. Because, Keyword R&R. Yes, because, you know what? You know, thank you. You're saving me. It's way easier for me to read a text than me answering all these phone calls. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how you are. See how you roll? No, I just I just want to make sure that the Sam and Ash text line is being utilized the same as the Raider Nation listener line. And, and again, sometimes for someone it's easier to shoot a quick text, you know. So uh, I, I got very good at, at uh, you know, taking text uh, at, at the other radio station that I worked at when I was in uh, Central Texas. And so, uh, yeah, we can get that thing rolling, man. Again, like I said, Tom does a really good job. But uh, outside of that, it's, it's mainly phone calls. And I'm okay with that. Again, I love phone calls. Uh, but like DeMond said, sometimes he gets a little overwhelmed in there. Sometimes it's easier just to read a quick text than it is to, you know, uh, get through a, a, a lengthy call when we may be short on time. So it's just another way to interact with the show. And, uh, again, I love to interact with the show. I've been asked many times on Twitter, and you, know, you can follow us on Twitter at RNR 920AM. You could also follow me at your boy Q254. And, DeMond, what exactly is your Twitter handle again? At DeMond underscore the boss. Is it really? Yes, it is. <laughs> I know I follow you, yeah, and you I know do. we retweet each other, but I don't look at your, your Twitter account. So it's, what is it, Demond underscore the boss? Is that what you said? Yep, yep. There it is. He, hey, man, you, if you don't believe it, nobody else will, right? Oh, exactly. Yeah, follow me. Yeah, come on. I'm trying to get my numbers up. It's Demond <laughs> underscore the boss on all platforms, you know, Instagram too. I made it in like, I made my Twitter maybe like sophomore year of high school, and I just never changed the ad. You know, it's gonna, I'm, I'm the boss. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong. I'm not mad at that. It's funny. I, I got hit up earlier and someone asked me, when are you going to change your Twitter from at your boy Q254 to at your boy Q702? And quick funny story about that. I technically can't right now because, and I was going to, right when I got the job here in Las Vegas, I was obviously going to change it because 254 is the area code in Central Texas. And I was going to change it to 702. But 
I just got verified on Twitter. And that little blue check doesn't is not really a big deal. I mean, it really isn't. I don't think it's a big deal. But once you have it, you don't want to lose it because it looks like you did something wrong on Twitter. So if you're the Twitter police, you might notice it and say, wait, hold on, what did Q do wrong? He lost his blue check. Well, one of the, one of the things about the blue check is once you get it, if you go and change your handle, then you could lose it as well. So that's why I haven't changed my handle. So for anyone that was kind of wondering why I'm still at your boy Q254, that in a nutshell is the quick answer. But it just it happens. But either way, you look at it, it's, it is what it is, and uh, you can hit me up at any time. But like I said, uh, Raider Nation Radio 920, you can find us on Twitter at R&R 920 AM. So the question I wanted to throw out there to you, as we continue to talk about this defense, and Gus Bradley is actually going to speak with the media later on this week. I'm excited about that. Derek Carr is going to meet with the media tomorrow. I believe Greg Olson, offensive coordinator, will meet with the media on Thursday. And I think Gus Bradley closes things out on Friday with John Gruden meeting with the media again on Saturday. That's this week, I do believe. But talking about the defense, because that's something that we focus in on and we have been focusing in on basically all season long, where do you expect this Raiders defense to be realistically you know now we had Mitch in New Jersey call yesterday and I love Mitch and I love Mitch's spirit he says that the Raiders are going to lead the league in sacks and that is going out on a limb I mean that's really that's putting it out there and I'm not saying it's impossible because it's not anything's possible but he went out there on a limb and said he believes that the Raiders are going to lead the league in sacks I just want to know what your expectations are for this defense in year one under Gus Bradley what kind of a range do you expect them to be What, what kind of defense do you expect to, to see out there on the field. Because remember, it's a relatively young defense. For the most part, it's very young. There are some veterans on the squad, like a Jonathan Hankins, like a Casey Hayward. You know, there's, there's guys like that. Uh, you know, you have Corey Littleton, but he's still trying to learn. He's, he's trying to get into the scheme. And he, he's been in the league for a while. Nick Wachowski, he's a, he's a veteran, but he's still kind of learning the scheme as well. So, I mean, there's some guys that have some, you know, have some skins on the wall and, uh, you know, been there, done that as far as, uh, you know, years in, in the league and, and understanding but for the most part, it's a very, very young defense that's going to be led by a bunch of young guys. So what are your realistic expectations in year one for the defense under Gus Bradley? If you want to give me a number range, you can. If you want to just say, hey, they're going to be a bend, don't break type defense, you know, uh, you know, have to have to limit, obviously, touchdowns in the red zone, get more field goals, you know, opportunistic defense. I mean, there's a lot of different titles that you can give it. But I just want to know what your realistic expectations are for year one. They were a defense that gave up 30 points a game in 2020. And that's just not going to cut it, obviously. You know, John Gruden talked about the defense and talked about his excitement level, and he was very excited. One thing that I noticed, and uh, Vinny Bonsignor, who comes up following me from 4 to 6 p.m. in the huddle, he, uh, he also noticed, he said, man, John Gruden is fired up about the secondary. And we talked to B.D. Williams on the show yesterday, and he said that this Gus Bradley-led defense is very – secondary friendly it should really help out the secondary in a major way so it kind of goes with what's going on and with the expectations of John Gruden and the fact that he's fired up about the uh, about the secondary so uh, just kind of want to know your thoughts want to get your your, um, your your vision or your expectations for this Gus Bradley led defense in 2021 702-365-9200, Salmon Ash text line, again, 69187, keyword R&R. Got a couple quick texts I'd like to get to. Hey, Q, this is James and Casey. Just wanted to know if Coach Gruden actually gave any percentages of the number of players and the number of coaches vaccinated as of today. Thank you. Awesome. So glad you're on. Quick question about the podcast of the show. Notice it wasn't up on uh, LVSportsNetwork.com. Uh, 
this morning. Uh, when's it going to be up? That is, again, from uh, James and KC. And, James, thank you so much for that text. And uh, quick on the, on the show, it is up on LVSportsNetwork.com as of now. There was a little bit of glitch, a little bit of, uh, I don't know, a little – DeMond put it up yesterday, and it just never – it never took. But he did his job. DeMond did his job. It just never took. So uh, we went through some of the back channels today, sent a couple emails, talked to a couple people on the phone, and we got it on and, and popping now. So anytime you're looking for anything from any of our shows on Radio Nation Radio 920 or any of the radio stations that we have in the building, period, you can find them all on lvsportsnetwork.com. So that answers that question. Um, back to Coach Gruden, he did. And matter of fact, DeMond, you actually have – uh, the soundbite, and I believe it's soundbite number two, talking about the vaccination and the numbers. And he didn't say who specifically was vaccinated and who wasn't. But very positive thoughts here from John Gruden on the number of players and, and coaching staff that's not vaccinated. You know, I've never really given statistics on COVID vaccinations, but I would say that we have every man vaccinated on the staff. I could also say that I believe we have every man vaccinated on the team with the exception of about four or five guys. So we're proud of that. We're excited about that. We're also respectful of everybody's personal opinion. So we have to weigh that as well. But um, when it comes to vaccinations, we think most of our, our people have been just that vaccinated. So, again, I think that head coach John Gruden, and you heard him right there, did a good job of describing it without just breaking it down and saying, okay, well, this person's not, this person's not, this person, and, and not giving a specific number, but saying four or five may not be as far as players go, that's good enough for me because that lets me know that they're over the 85% threshold. And that, to me, DeMond, and you can correct me if you think I'm wrong, I think that 85% threshold is what really matters the most because then there's a lot less of the, the rules and the testing and all the protocols that go into it. It's not 100% out of the woods. It's not like you're free to do whatever you want to do, but it's a lot, it's a lot better. <laughs> it's a lot uh, easier than it was just a year ago. Yeah, I think anybody who, like any team that gets above 85%, I think they're like, hot dog, we did it. Right. And then it's, you know, obviously, I guess, like the coaching staff, for those purposes going towards the season, you want it to be 100%. But it's like, hey, if we only got four or five players that are holding out, hey, that's cool. That's good enough. Right. And then he said that, hey, we respect the ones that are very adamant about the vaccination and not getting it. And we know, and I'm not breaking any news, Jalen Richard, running back Jalen Richard, has been with the team for a while now. He's been very vocal on Twitter. So it's not like I'm going into his private life and, and, and dogging him out or, or putting him out on Front Street. I'm not. He's been the one who's been very, very vocal on Twitter. Hey, that's Twitter. a violation of HIPAA. Uh, no, it's not. He put his, he put his business <laughs> out there. Once, once you put it on Twitter, even if you delete it, it's there. You know what I mean? Like, it's the, it's the gift that keeps on giving. You can't take that back once it's on Twitter. And, and he wouldn't try to. But he's very adamant about it. And you heard Coach Gruden say, hey, we're very respectful to the ones who don't, you know, w- want to get the vaccination. Matter of fact, you can hear the soundbite yourself. Uh, Gruden talking about uh, everyone has their own opinion on, on the vaccine. Here he is talking about that. Well, I think every man, every woman, every person has their own opinion on what they want to do. You know, there's some people that are, strongly opposed to getting the vaccination. Uh, there's people that think it's a slam dunk. I should get it right away as soon as I can. And, um, you know, I can't speak for everybody. I respect everybody's opinion. And um, I don't want to create any controversies or any distractions. We're uh, going to do everything we can to get our players what they need to help them be successful. 
So there it is right there. And uh, just kind of reiterating what he said about, you know, being respectful to everyone who, you know, has their own opinion and everyone does have their own opinion. We all know anytime you mention the word vaccine, you mention the word mask, you mention the word COVID, you, any of those words, those are trigger words. Those are the words that get people Hot and bothered, sometimes in a good way, sometimes in a bad way. Either way, you know, sometimes people understand where you're going with it, and sometimes people want to take it to a whole nother level with that it doesn't have to be at. But, um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a real deal thing. It's something that the NFL's dealing with. It's something that the country's dealing with. We still are all dealing with it. Uh, obviously, here in Las Vegas, there's a lot of people that come into town each and every day that spend a lot of time here. And so you've got to be very, very cautious. I mean, you absolutely do. Look, all us media guys, every single one of us to a T have all been vaccinated. I can tell you that straight up. We've all been vaccinated because we wouldn't be in the building if we weren't. But that doesn't mean that we didn't have to take a COVID test this morning. You know what I mean? Like, it does not mean that. That means that we still have to be tested, and each and every one of us to a T has done that. So, I mean, that's just, that's just what it is. So, for anyone who thinks, oh, man, these guys are out of the woods, he's got no, no, no. And so that's why it's, it's very serious. And Coach Gruden mentioned that they, you know, they even hired somebody to come in and, and kind of help educate them on, on different areas of, uh, you know, dealing with the, the vac- the, not the vaccine, the, the virus itself. And so, obviously, this is something that they're taking very seriously. He mentioned the fact that, uh, you know, he was fine last year. The team was fine last year. They were in a fact-finding type situation. A lot of things that they didn't know that, you know, they, they, they learned along, along the way on the fly. It's stuff that they're still, you know, in the process of working out. And, and everything is fluid. I mentioned at the top of the show, I wasn't even going to do the show here today. You know, there was one protocol that said, okay, you know, you can't do the show here today. Then another protocol came in a little later and said, actually, you know what, you can. So everyone's kind of flying by the seat of their pants trying to accommodate everyone the best. And the Raiders have done a great job of uh, trying to accommodate us at Raider Nation Radio 920, allowing us to be here in the building. They don't have to do that, but they're trying to do that. And, and I think that uh, for the most part, everyone to a T is doing their, their best to make sure that we all do what we're supposed to do and follow the rules and make sure that you know we don't put anybody into a bad situation. So You'll hear more for Coach Gruden uh, later on in the show. Also coming up in about 10 minutes, Vic Tafer from The Athletic. He'll join us to get his expectations for training camp and what he's going to be looking for or who he's going to be looking at. And I still want to hear from you, 702-365-9200. That is the Raider Nation listener line. And of course, the Salmon Ash text line, wide open like some old school TV antennas, 69187, keyword R&R. This is Raider Nation Radio, 920. Give me your best. What's up, Raider Nation? This is uh, Hall of Famer Tim Brown. You're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920. <laughs> What's up, Raider Nation? This is Hall of Famer Tim Brown, and you're listening to Raider Nation 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy, Q. Well, it's it's been fun to watch. No disrespect to Paul. Um but we have a completely group, of, uh, different group of players too. Uh, but Gus is—he's uh, um, a high-energy coach. Uh, he's upbeat, positive. He's philosophical. He's fun to be around. He makes you laugh, but he also pushes you. And I think what's going to make this defense go is, is, is how we rush the passer, how it goes up front. And Yannick is a difference maker. I mean, I feel him uh, every time I see him on the grass. And Max is on the rise. I think another young player. Um, really impressed with Kuntz. Uh, Malcolm Kuntz has made an impression. And um, if we can improve up front, uh, I think uh, this defense will be much improved. 
So there you go right there. You hear head coach John Gruden talking about the defensive line, talking about Gus Bradley, new defensive coordinator for the team, and talking about how they can improve and where they can improve. And it starts up front with the defensive line, Unique Ngakwe. How much can he get to the quarterback? Max Crosby, how much can he get to the quarterback? And a guy that I like to consider as an X factor, Malcolm Koontz. I think the young man out of Buffalo has an opportunity to be a very good situational pass rusher. I don't expect him to get double-digit sacks. I'm not trying to blow smoke up your backside and try to you know, sell you a pipe dream. I'm not trying to do that. I would never do that. But I do think he's a guy that could come in, and by the time the season has ran its course, as long as he stays healthy, and that goes for any player across the league, I think you could see four or five sacks from him in a situational pass rush type situation. He's a guy, in my opinion, that has, as a young dude in the league, and, of course, we're going to start to see it you know, on the grass, as, as John Gruden said. You'll start to see it on the grass as training camp progresses in the preseason. I, th- I believe he has a bunch of tools on his tool belt in order to get to the quarterback. I've done a few little of these uh, segments where I, I take a deep dive into the, the, the draft pick, and I remember when I did a little deep dive into Malcolm Koontz and get a little bit of uh, knowledge, I-, I talked to Rachel Lindsay. She covers Buffalo for the Buffalo News, and, and she had told me that Q, you'll be surprised how, how, many, how many tools this kid has and how much he wants to learn. He's a studier, a student of the game. Those kind of things stand out to me in a major way. So I do think that he could be an X factor. Again, four or five sacks. Not trying to put you know, too much on him. Not trying to say double-digit sacks. None of that stuff. Don't want to be unrealistic. I like to talk realistic stuff here. I mean, there's anyone that can sell you, you know, whatever, rainbows and puppy dogs. I'm not that dude. I'm just not that guy. So... Uh, thought that was very positive right there, and especially with the players, the way that they uh, have adapted to Gus Bradley already. And, of course, they haven't got out there on the grass in a training camp session yet. Right now, though, and we appreciate that uh, appreciate the, the sound bite right there. So, uh, DeMond, thank you for, so much for that. Uh, right now, I want to go out to uh, the Raider Nation hotline and bring in our guest, Vic Tafer from The Athletic. Does a great job over there. You can find him on Twitter at Vic Tafer. And, Vic, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate you, man. And, the offseason, finally a done deal. You know, uh, John Gruden opened up his uh, his training camp with his press conference a little earlier. We were in attendance. It was a lot of fun. Uh, excited just to be back in the building and, and be with a bunch of different media guys, including yourself. And uh, as far as training camp goes, you know, what is your biggest focus? What, where, where are you going to have all eyes? Where's Vic Tafer's eyes going to lie during training camp? It's a good question. Like John mentioned the secondary. He's very fired up about the secondary. So I think that's definitely, um, I'm curious what happens with those guys and for me, I think the biggest, the key positions for them, I think, are both the lines, offensive, defensive lines, as far as how those guys hold up. So I'd start cheating say those three uh, position groups are who I'll be looking at the most. You know, and you mentioned the secondary, and Coach Gruden was very fired up about the secondary. And I, I had a guest on yesterday, B.D. Williams, who does a lot of film breakdown. He said this defense, Gus Bradley's defense, is really good to help out the secondary, and the secondary should really be the most improved uh, element. How much do you think Casey Hayward, the veteran there, even though coming off a rough year with the Chargers, how much do you think his veteran leadership and, and his know-how as far as his Gus Bradley defense will help those younger guys come along? Yeah, I think it'll be huge. And I also think he's going to play a lot. I think they brought him into play. I know people look right. at him as a mentor. He knows Gus's system. But I know Casey's coming and thinking he'll be playing a lot. And I, I, so do I. So I think, um, to me, it's interesting how they're going to fit all these guys into these certain spots. There aren't that many spots for all the bodies they have. A lot of uh, you know, former high-round high draft picks. 
Yeah, no, there is. There's a lot of draft picks up there. Like you said, high draft picks. Trayvon Merrick, second-round guy out of TCU this year. Of course, Damon Arnett, first-round guy out of Ohio State last year. And let's talk about Damon Arnett. You know, there's a lot of uh, hype around him, a lot of expectations. As, as Coach Gruden said today, he was a day-one starter last year, and really his play was incomplete for, for a multitude of, of reasons. But uh, how does he get onto the field this year, and, and where does he need to improve the most? Oh, I obviously think you know availability is a big, like John said is a big thing for him. So he has to be able to stay healthy and and I think uh, he's got you know some good coverage skills. I mean, John said he's one of the most talented guy, one of the most talented guys in the secondary. So I think just the you know, maturity and kind of uh, focus and I think uh, being consistent on the field as far as not getting beat and not taking any missteps. Um, for me, it's curious because we, we watch the OTAs and I thought either Hayward or Arnett, like kind of the loser, quote unquote, of that. That battle will be in the slot, but it looks like those guys aren't going to play the slot. So I think that's why I'm curious is how all these guys fit into a couple. Kind of, I assume Trayvon Mullins kind of set on the one end, so that's my assumption. So I think you look at these two guys fighting for, for one starting job. Talking right now with Vic Tafer from The Athletic here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. And on the back end, I mentioned Trayvon Merrick. I'll get to him in a few minutes. But Jonathan Abram, he's a guy that's going into year three now. Uh, this is a big year for him. I, I know there's a lot of expectations in this defense, and he really is going to help this defense go. Sliding him up into the box, which is what we expect to see a, a lot of Jonathan Abram, how much do you think that that will help him moving forward? Yeah, it'll be huge because you don't want to lose his aggressiveness. He's obviously he's a big hitter and definitely likes to run downhill. So you take away some of his pass cover responsibilities, and I'm sure I'm not exactly how it's going to work as far as you know third and long, what his role will be. But I think getting him comfortable, getting him in a position where he's not thinking too much, not you know getting in trouble when he reacts too quickly. So I like that idea. I'm curious how Gus has, you know, what plans he has for him as far as just the all-around you know, three-down defense. And what was your takeaways from, from Abram during OTAs when he did speak with the media? To me, he seemed like he had even matured and he kind of understood what his role and understood how big of a year this was. And instead of doing a lot of talking, he was going to more let his play do the talking for him. What was your biggest takeaways from him? Yeah, I agree with you. I think he's obviously he's a very confident guy. I came across the first couple of years. I think he knows that um, the results have not been there. I think he knows people are looking at him a different way than they did when he first came in. So, He's got a lot to prove, not only to himself, but to the coaching staff, the new coaching staff you know, on the defensive side, and even the fans. So I think, like we mentioned, what his role will be, how he can fit into that role, and you know, how he can thrive and, and not you know, make too many mistakes in terms of pass coverage will be huge for him. But, yeah, I think he knows that uh, kind of like you know, they drafted a lot of safeties this year, you know, guys who are you know, former linebackers, flash safeties, and all kind of guys. So they definitely have um, people in place if he's not up to the task this year. So I think that's probably also on his mind also. You know, a guy that I believe is going to be his running mate right across from him, Trayvon Merrick, second-round guy out of TCU. Uh, I think he has a lot of expectations. I've kind of been coining him the Earl Thomas of this defense with, with Jonathan Abram being the Cam Chancellor, and I know those are big names to put on young guys like that, but how quickly do you think uh, Trayvon Merrick can get up to speed with what Coach Bradley wants him to do, and, and how critical is it that he catches up really quickly? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of that pick. That was my favorite move. Actually, the whole offseason, my favorite move was to, to trade out to get him in the second round. I think he's a true you know, center fielder, a guy who has uh, really good ball skills and, and moves really well. And I took, they haven't had that for a long time. You know, I think that's definitely been a missing piece for as far as the defense goes for I don't know how far back when. So I like all his tools. He's like a very smart guy. He should be able to adjust pretty quickly. I know Gus is pretty high on him. So to me, that's maybe the key, the key guy in all of it. And I mentioned the D-line and stuff, but to me, if – 
if he's an instant impact playmaker, then the defense takes a step up uh, pretty quickly. And because the defense is it's so critical that they do take a step up this year, I want to ask you one more question about the D, and that, that goes to Nate Hobbs. He's a guy, and Coach Gruden mentioned him earlier today, that he looks like he's got the skills to play inside or out, but he's got a lot of, he's got a lot of reps so far at that nickel position. How much do you think he'll challenge for that potential spot, that slot corner, especially since the Raiders have struggled to find a guy that can consistently man that position? Yeah, that's a good question. I think he's definitely in the mix. I mean, it's hard. I don't know, you know, I don't think that often as, as far as uh, right now. But I know Devin Lawson's kind of been the guy there in OTAs. And, you know, they love his veteran presence, kind of that nasty demeanor. So I know fans kind of roll their eyes. Some of the mistakes he's made in the past. And I'm not really excited about Devin Lawson. But I think right now it's his job to lose. And I think Hobbs is definitely going to push him. But I think that experience in terms of, you know, just uh, will be huge for him. So I, I kind of think he'll be the guy. But um, we'll have to wait and see how the camp goes in, in the preseason. Talking right now with Vic Tafer from The Athletic. Does a fantastic job there. You can find him on Twitter, at Vic Tafer. And you recently had a piece out on Derek Carr. You went one-on-one with him, had a lot of good nuggets in that piece. And uh, he was talking about Henry Ruggs. He was talking about, you know, uh, guys across the league reaching out to him and him wanting to be a Raider. What? How did you feel that Derek Carr is maybe matured and over the time he's been in the league, but even more confident going into year four with uh, Coach Gruden? Yeah, I think he's definitely he's, you know a grizzled veteran. He knows that they haven't done what he wants to do. He wants to win. He wants to go to the playoffs. That hasn't happened. So he's definitely part of that. I mean, he gets way too much blame in my in my my opinion. But he knows he's part of the problem. He has to get better at certain things and fumbles. And, and I think the one thing he's done in the past really well, and I think we'll see it this year with the Rugs, is he definitely has been able to build chemistry with guys over a matter of time. Like last year, it happened pretty quickly with Aguilar. I guess in terms of now the Rugs, he's in confidence in him in terms of their route running. So I think. That would be a big for, for Ruggs as far as he gets that confidence and Derek and Derek will go to him, even when he may be a little bit of cover, to give him a chance to make a play on the ball and take advantage of that speed. Uh, we definitely could see Ruggs take a big step up this year. You know, you mentioned the fumbles, and that's an area that he has struggled. But the one thing about Derek Carr that I've noticed, Vic, is that every year head coach John Gruden gives him something to work on. And last year I believe it was uh, using his legs, you know, being more athletic, moving the pocket. Now he's never going to be mistaken for Marcus Mariota as far as speed and, and all that. But, I mean, he, he has the ability to move around. He did that last year. Is, 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 is protecting the ball in the pocket the next element is that the next thing that you think John Gruden kind of put in front of him is like hey you've got to do a better job with this in 2021 yeah I think so then also plus doing more more scrambling and more making plays with his feet mm-hmm. but I think he mentioned like in practice have like you said eight guys are grabbing his arms and putting his arms back to him, rip the ball out so it's definitely a focus in practice this offseason and I'm sure it will be a camp so I mean, he knows and a lot of times he's getting rid of the ball not trying to make too many things happen and, and let things develop so it's a slippery slope as far as you want to be, you know, be aggressive and make plays. We also got to be smart and not get yourself in trouble. So it's definitely a, a tough line to walk. But like you mentioned, I think he's done everything John's asked so far. I know he has all his critics, but I think last year he played a lot better. People don't realize that. But you mentioned the scrambling. I think he's definitely uh, more confident in John's system. So, I mean, I can see why everybody every year wants to get rid of him. But I can see why he's back. And I think John you know, hopes he takes another step up this year. Last year, between the 20s, the Raiders were great. I mean, absolutely able to get up and down the field, no problem. The, in the red zone is where they kick more field goals than they'd want to. Obviously, they want to cash in with six and not three. Uh, how much do you think Foster Moreau will, will play into their red zone offense? How much more of a factor do you think he could be now that he's uh, a year removed from that uh, knee injury and he's 100% healthy now? Yeah, I think he's huge. I think they wasted his year last year. I know Jason Witten brought – 
experience and he's John, John's guy. But that move made no sense to me. They gave him $4 million and they kind of took away one of their best red zone guys and a guy who was really an emerging you know, force at tight end and Foster Platt really was rookie year. So that move made no sense to me, but now it's, it's in the past. So I think Foster Monroe will resume his role as a, as a red zone guy. They got Kenny and Drake. They got defense have to worry about in the red zone. So they should have plenty of options as far as scoring into the 20. What about Marcus Mariota? Uh, he wasn't healthy throughout most of the year last year. We saw him all in week 15 when he went in for Derek because Derek had an injury. And you can see a little bit, a little glimpse of what he was able to do. Now that he is 100% healthy and now that he has immersed himself in the offense a little bit more, do you think he becomes a, a factor in the offensive game plan? Or do you think he's, you know, in case of emergency, break glass? Yeah, I think it's the second one. I don't think – I mean um... – they brought him back. I was think he's a great backup quarterback, and he showed he can make plays when in there. But I think it's it, it was it's it said a lot last year when you know the next week Derek came back kind of not not healthy, he was still hurt. They brought him back in right away rather than playing Marcus the following week. I thought that was pretty telling. So I think there's a bit of a gap between Derek and Marcus. I think ideally I'd like to see him use maybe some some packages down the goal line, but yeah. I don't know if John's going to do that. I don't know if John wants to mess around with you know, his continuity in the offense. I'm sure Derek does not want to come out of the game in the right. red zone. So that might be a tough sell. So I think right now my, my gut feeling is that Marcus is kind of where it was last year, kind of like you said, like if an emergency happens, break glass, and you can make some plays, and, and defenses can't really chase him down. But I, I don't imagine he'll be in the mix too much, I don't, I don't think. Talking right now with Vic Tafer from The Athletic, talking all things Raiders' expectations for training camp. And Vic, just got a couple more questions for you. And uh, one of them just has to do with Henry Ruggs. As I mentioned, Derek Carr in that piece that you had with him mentioned Henry and all the work that he was doing. John Gruden mentioned today he gave Henry a big hug when he saw him and just felt like he was putting in a lot of work. Uh, what were your biggest takeaways from what Derek had to say about Henry Ruggs? Yeah, I think it sounds good. I think it's exciting. And I also mentioned Derek. I, I, thought, I just saw like, some of the pictures in the softball game. Or you were at, mm-hmm. at that game, but... To me, Ruggs looks bigger. It looks like he's got some more muscle definition. Looks a little more, got some some weight. I'm not sure he gained five, ten pounds, but definitely, I think that's going to be key for him in terms of running through defenders on his routes and inside routes and getting some separation. So, I think uh, you know, Derek's been pretty good about over the years. You look at his quotes about receivers and he gives you a pretty honest assessment of where they're at, and how they've improved. And, and last year, pretty much early on, he said, "Hey, he said Nelson Aguilar is a guy. That's yeah. a guy who I've seen things which really excite me." I think that's kind of similar. You know, the thing I, I got from him yesterday as far as rugs, I think he has that same sense. Like, you know what, this guy has something where it can really be special if we capitalize on So I think it's a, it's a very, very good sign, I think, as far as what he said about, uh, about rugs. You know, my final question is, is about another wide receiver, Brian Edwards. He, he came in in the third round out of South Carolina. Uh, he's a guy that's got all the physical traits, Vic. I mean, he's got the size. He's got the, the, the hand strength. I mean, he can catch. He can pluck that ball right out the air. I mean, the dude's got it. He runs violent after he catches the ball. He just wasn't on the field very much his rookie year. Uh, what, what are your expectations for Brian Edwards? How do you think he takes his game from what he was able to, you know, just get a bit of a taste of the NFL last year and to actually be a big-time factor for the Raiders this year? Yeah, he really flashed last year at training camp. We saw, like you mentioned, the high point stuff. And definitely had very physical receivers, a big kid. Has had a problem staying healthy, even back in college. So, um, to me, I think the plan going in is to have him and Ruggs probably start, like they did last year, week one, and kind of have that perfect you know, speed guy versus the physical, bigger receiver on the other side. I think that's a good combination. But I don't know. I mean, you mentioned John Brown. John Brown's still a very, very good receiver. He'll want to play some. And you also mentioned Zay Jones, who they brought back. Mm-hmm. People scoff, but they they actually gave him a pay raise from, from last year. So right. I think they have some plans for Zay Jones. So and it's a very uh, 
it's actually a pretty deep receiving core, I think. So I, I can't. I don't know how many uh, targets Edwards will get or what will happen with John Brown and, and, and Zay Jones, but I think it's a good problem to have. It is. It really is. And you mentioned Zay Jones, and yeah, that could be a, a big time sleeper that are not a lot, like you said, not a lot of people are talking about. But he could end up being a big time factor. They've kept him around for quite a while for a reason. So obviously, they see something that maybe the rest of us don't see or don't know, but uh, we'll see coming up this year. Well, uh, great stuff, Vic. Uh, definitely appreciate you. What you got coming out on the athletic that uh, Raider fans should be on the lookout for? Good question. We got some things in the works. Nothing where I can't really see right now. Just <laughs> see how practice goes in a couple of days and. Uh, Obviously, all these young guys. We're going to write about more about Morey. We mentioned he's excited about him, and and John St. Mention Leatherwood's going to be a guy who everyone looks at how he adjusts the NFL. So I imagine those two guys will be guys we write on pretty quickly here. You know, Vic, uh, in my business, that's what we call as a tease. That was a great tease <laughs> right there. <laughs> so. You caught me off guard. I wasn't trying to be mysterious, but you caught me off guard. So I don't know. I have my list handy, but uh, yeah, we'll have a lot of stuff. Deshaun and I will be out there and. I think that was a great time of year. Everyone's excited. Everyone's fired up. Everyone's optimistic. So everyone's uh, fans and players are liking coaches. So now's a great time to really capture that energy and, and see what happens during, during the season. Absolutely. Well, Vic, like I said, man, appreciate your time. Great work. You and Deshaun both do a great job over there at The Athletic. I actually got to meet Deshaun uh, earlier today and uh, look forward to talking to you later on this week. And, and we'll be catching up soon, my man. I appreciate you. Hi, right, man. Take care. All right. There he goes. Vic Tafer right there from The Athletic at Vic Tafer. And, like that, Devon, huh? I mean, look, this is the thing. If somebody's going to give me this, some of their time and, uh, you know, just go on, come on the radio and talk and break some football down and, and break down their knowledge and their understanding and their thoughts, the very least I can do is ask them what they have coming up, right? I mean, just. Oh, yeah, you asked. It was a good question, but he was ready to, like, eject. <laughs> he said, he's like, yeah, why, why are you asking too many questions now? Hey, too? man, that's now what I do. Now you're asking too many questions. That's what I do. I'm telling you, man. He's like, that's for least, me to know and for you to find out. <laughs> at the very least, it's my due diligence to say, hey, what do you got coming out? Fans should be on the lookout for because, uh, again, If this man, was a yeah. movie, he would have thrown down the smoke bomb and disappeared <laughs> after that question. <laughs> he wasn't trying to run a trailer, right? <laughs> He wasn't trying to. He wasn't trying to run a movie trailer, but no, I definitely appreciate Vic and his uh, his time this afternoon. And as I mentioned, Tashawn does a great job over there as well. Uh, was able to run into him. We actually rolled into the facility at the same time uh, today, so that was kind of cool. Uh, you know, as we came in here to to do all the protocol stuff that we had to do preparing for John Gruden's press conference. Great stuff right there from Vic. Appreciate him. Two forty five is the time. I want to know your your thoughts. What are your expectations for the Raiders' defense this year? You can give me a range. You can you can name them. You can say what you think that they're going to be. Uh, you know, it's the first year under Gus Bradley. Everyone's fired up about the new coach because, well, you can only go up, right? The defense can only go up from where it was last year. But where do you think realistically? They end up. Hit us up. Let us know about it. The Raider Nation listener line, 702-365-9200. And the Salmon Ash text line, 69187, keyword R&R. Make sure you visit SalmonAsh.com because you deserve what, what's right. 246 at the time. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio, 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy, Q. Yeah, really everyone's new. You know, we have a new offensive line, a uh, new right tackle, uh, potentially a couple new starters up front, as you know. Uh, Kenyon Drake made his presence felt. He's, he's really interesting. Um, I really like the addition of John Brown. You know, smoke can still run. Um, and the defensive line, I'm really excited about Phylon. He reported at 296 pounds. He's been out of football for a while. Solomon Thomas, I think he's got a chance to – really put it all together here. 
Uh, Quentin Jefferson has, has has some success in this league. And Ngakwe, I just feel Ngakwe. I feel Ngakwe at a different point in his career now. I think he can be a leader and a captain on this team. Um, and a young secondary, um, I, I'm most excited to watch uh, these guys compete and play. And I'll be really upset if they're not uh, worth the price of admission. So there you go right there. Head coach John Gruden from his earlier press conference today talking about a lot of the young guys, the new guys as well that are on the team. And you heard him mention Ngakwe as a couple times you've heard him mention Ngakwe uh, throughout the course of the show today and talking about he could be a captain of the team. And he has came in with those kind of leadership qualities, at least when we hear him talk to the media, as he did earlier in OTAs when a mandatory minicamp went on. And he showed up for that. Uh, he, he talked like a leader, talked like he was a guy where him and Max Crosby were going to be, you know, a force to be reckoned with. And of course, the biggest, the biggest feature, the biggest focus point has got to be defensively. I, I do believe the Raiders get it done offensively. I think that they obviously have some areas to clean up, but to take that next step, to get where they want to be, it's got to be about the defense. You've got to lean heavily on the defense. And uh, so those guys that he mentioned, Phylon, you know, Quentin Jefferson, guys like that, Solomon Thomas, a former first-round draft pick. I mean, you want to talk about a guy that's got a lot of pressure riding on his head. I mean, I know he doesn't as much now, now that he's on his second team, but that guy was drafted very high up, so he knows what Clee Furl goes through. He knows what Clee is thinking when people say, oh, he's not living up to the billing of where he was drafted. Solomon Thomas could look and say, hey, I'm a guy on a one-year deal. I'm a former first-round pick on a one-year deal. I got to go out there and prove my worth. And, you know, maybe with the help of Rob Marinelli, with Gus Bradley and all the tutelage they have on that side of the ball, he can get to where he needs to be and play a position that he's, he's comfortable with and take that next step. You know, it's, it's not just going to be the edge rushers that are going to make this Raiders defense better and the pass rush better. It's really going to be what they do on the interior as well. You know, is there a place where the quarterback can step up or are they going to be able to take that away? So that's another area that I'll definitely be paying attention to as far as training camp when, uh, when they actually get out there on the grass and start practicing. But I want to hear from you. I want to hear your thoughts. What are your expectations for the Raiders defense this year, year one under Gus Bradley? realistic expectations. Again, I mentioned Mitch in New Jersey when he said he thought that the Raiders were going to lead the league in sacks, and that is, that is high, lofty goals. And, and I'm not you know, trying to say that's unrealistic, but that is, that's, a tough, that's, a tough, uh, that's a tough road to go. You know what I mean? It's a tough road to go from uh, as, as, as far back in the pack as they were a year ago to leading the league. I mean, that's 32 teams. So uh, just kind of want to know your realistic thoughts. 702-365-9200. Sam and Ash text line, 69187, keyword R&R. Got a good text that I'll get to in a hot minute. But first, let's go out to the Raider Nation text or hotline and uh, talk to Gangster Raider. You're on. What's on your mind, my man? Hey, man, what's happening? I want to talk about um, several things. But first of all, as far as the defense, my expectations – I expect the secondary and a linebacker core to be much, much improved under D.C., especially with the first two opponents we face. If we can get a few picks and a couple of disruptions, you know, because the quarterbacks we're facing are Lamar Jackson and Ben Roethlisberger, and those aren't the most accurate um, quarterbacks in the league. So our secondary and our linebacker core, since they're being underrated and slept on, they should have a chance to step up and shine and shock a lot of people. But okay. what I really want to talk about, though, is since the um, Houston's are open to trading Deshaun Washington, I say we trade Carr, Ruggs, and a first-round pick for Deshaun Washington and a second-round pick in return. What y'all think about that? I think it's a no-brainer. Go get him, get rid of D.C., get an actual quarterback that's actually played in some playoff games, and let's go get that um, fourth championship. What y'all right, think? Th- Thank you for the call, my man. I appreciate you. And uh, as far as the defense goes, your first part of the, your, your, your call – 
Um, you know, it, it would be nice to see the Raiders create a few turnovers in the first couple of games. I will say, going up against Lamar Jackson, I know his arm talent may not be the best. I know that a lot of times he's going to throw the ball in the middle of the field. He's not going to use the, the boundaries that much. But, I mean, that dude's still a weapon. He's still a, a former league MVP. That's a dude that's got some wheels. And if, you know, you don't have contain on him, he will break you down. He might only throw for 115 yards, but he might run, he might run for 200. You know what I mean? I mean, you just don't know. So, I mean, as much as he's got to continue to improve his arm talent, the dude is still a weapon. He's going to be a very – Okay, a very tough out for uh, for the Raiders week one, and then Big Ben, uh, been there, done that. You know, I mean, he's he's kind of got those skills, so that's going to be a tough one as well. As far as training for Deshaun Watson, Gangster Raider, I would tell you right now, I wouldn't want nothing to do with that. I would not sign up for that, and I know that right now the NFL is putting no restriction on, on him at all, even though he has those allegations, and I just I would wait if I'm a responsible team, and I mentioned this a little bit yesterday. If I'm a responsible team, I would wait till everything shakes out before I decide what I'm doing with Deshaun Watson. Now, there's going to be a team that's going to go get him. Don't get me wrong. I just wouldn't be that guy. Now, that's you know you know what they say in in and um, when you're gambling, you know um, scare money don't make money. Call me scared money because I'm not going to roll the dice on that one. But uh, thank you for that call. I do appreciate you. 2.56 is the time. When we come back, we'll kick off hour number two of Unnecessary Roughness with Cover 3, NFL News and Notes of the Day. This is Raider Nation Radio 920.